My sisters and brothers, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold, along with his wife, his children, and all of his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The gospel of the Lord is to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I am always nervous and I try to be very careful when it comes to preaching about Jesus's message of forgiveness. My fear is that the wrong people take it to heart and that those among us who have been indeed truly and deeply harmed and hurt by the actions of another add to their pain a guilt that comes from the difficulty of forgiving, sometimes leading them to forgive way too quickly, doing even more harm to themselves than has already been done to them. That's a worry. And at the same time, I worry that those who indeed are doing great harm don't even know they're doing it. And so justify it in so many ways as believing it is doing good and service that they don't even know they need to ask for forgiveness. And so when we approach a gospel like this, I find it complicated and needing to be very careful. First of all, there's the context in which Jesus is telling this parable. In this section of the Gospel of Matthew, he's talking about communities and how communities who are his disciples need to order themselves so that they indeed resemble the kingdom of God. And as he teaches that, he talks about it is inevitable that you are going to hurt one another. Wherever two or three are gathered, 
I am present in your midst, and you're going to hurt each other. That's going to happen. If that destroys your community, then it does not resemble the kingdom of heaven. And as he lays out this process, he talks about um, if you know that you've harmed somebody, ask for forgiveness right away. If someone has harmed you, try to correct him or her. Enlist the help of others in the correction. There is never punishment. It is correction, an invitation to repentance, apology, repairing the relationship that may have been damaged. And punishment doesn't do that. And Jesus does say, yes, when it, when it really reaches a point where it is doing no good, then maybe we have to just let that go. Not invite the person to stay, but let the relationship go. But there is never in Jesus' teaching that a sin against God, a sin against one of us, first should be responded to with punishment. And then we see what happens. The rest of our communities, the rest of our societies, the rest of the way we order ourselves tend to be about punishment first. And maybe repentance after that. And maybe reconciliation after that. But in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus says to his disciples, punishment is the absolute last resort. First, there is correction. Perhaps repentance. Healing and reconciliation. And only as a last resort is their punishment. He then tells this parable that is, I find perhaps the most disturbing of all the parables. It evokes all kinds of emotions. And I'm particularly concerned about the end that Jesus brings into conclusion, basically telling us that unless we forgive each other, we're not going to be forgiven. But as I just said, forgiveness may be more complicated than we think. And if it isn't complicated, and it's too easy, we may not be doing it correctly. Forgiveness is easier said than done in its fullness. And Jesus proceeds to tell this parable, not about people hurting one another by their actions. He's talking about people owing each other money. He's talking about debts. This money is not stolen money. This money has been lent, freely entrusted, first by the king to the first servant, and then by that servant to another servant. They have freely chosen to entrust their resources to another. And now they're looking for a return on their investment. And both are going to come up empty. In the first situation, the king, the the, the the servant owes him a huge amount. And in many translations of this gospel, that huge amount is, is specified as 10,000 talents. And 10,000 talents is not $10,000. 10,000 talents translates to be about $400 billion. So Jesus is exaggerating for effect, no doubt. But it's a huge amount. But apparently this king can get along without it because he forgives the debt and asks nothing in return. Meanwhile, the servant who's just been forgiven is seeking a much smaller amount. 
And there we might think it's a few thousand dollars. Three months wages, you're saying, for, for this person. But apparently, even though he has been relieved of an impossible financial burden by the generosity and compassion of the king, he's still financially strapped. And he can't see his way to do without the few thousand dollars that he's owed. And so he pursues punishment. No chance, no chance, punishment. I am indeed always puzzled by how you put someone in prison and how that's supposed to pay back the debt. But nonetheless, there you go. Punish first and see if anybody wins from that. Then there's these other fellow servants who witness this. They're shocked. They are distressed. They are dismayed. They knew what happened to him, and then they see him forgetting how much mercy was shown to him and showing no mercy to another one. But notice what they do not do. They do not approach him with correction, calling his attention to the injustice he has committed. They don't approach him with an invitation to wake up. Remember what was done for you. They don't approach him and say, we get that you might be financially strapped, but why are you doing this? Can we help? How might we heal this together? There's none of that. Instead, they go directly to the king, report him, and force the king into the very position he doesn't want to be in. Force the king to put him in the position of punishing first. And seeing if any good can come from the punishment first. Rather than an invitation to correction, repentance, healing, and wholeness. So again, it's a pretty complicated thing. But we might need to ask ourselves, in the way we organize our societies, our communities, our families, our neighborhoods, our nations, how much like the kingdom of heaven are we? And how much like a world that decides that wrongdoing needs to be punished first, hoping that that might bring about correction and repentance and reconciliation but really giving no chance for that to happen. Do we want to be communities where the response to wrongdoing is a punishment that makes the wrongdoing worse? Or do we want to be communities in which the kingdom of heaven's values get played out? Where wrongdoing is responded to with correction and love, invitation and help to change, rehabilitation and repentance and the restoration of a valued member of the community to the community. It has rather practical applications, especially in a world that is dominated almost completely by the belief that the only response to wrongdoing, whether they be crimes or sins or debts or any offense that harms another, that that first response should be punishment. And only then, after the effects of the punishment, which will have bad effects, 
Only then maybe we try for reconciliation. The good news is that while that may be the way the kingdoms of this world are, the kingdom of heaven responds to wrongdoing, sin, offenses, harm to one another and harm to our creator with invitations of loving correction, opportunities for repentance and change, accompanied by help and support in that process. And the goal of it all is not to separate good from evil, but to restore everyone to their rightful place within the community of love.